All right, and we are back uh, on the same old podcast. We are talking Michigan, Michigan State previewing their big games this weekend. Talking about the Detroit Lions going going up against the Chicago Bears. Um, a lot of good football to look forward to this weekend. I'm again joined by. Oops. I am again joined by my esteemed co-host. JP, JP, how are you doing today? I'm um, I'm well, Jack. Um, I'm glad to be back. Um, excited for another great weekend of football, and I'm also excited that it is the official release date of uh, the Mini Saints of Newark. Mm. We get to see Tony Soprano's origin. Uh, this is a big Sopranos. This is a big Sopranos podcast. Uh, one of the better shows ever to grace anybody's screens um and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good day and it's it's you know i think it's i'm pretty confident it's gonna be a good weekend so it's gonna be a good weekend so as someone who who is still watching the show has never finished the show um obviously the ending of it has been spoiled many times over for me does he die or no well the ending is left uh it's it's left to be ambiguous it is it's it's open-ending um it's a cliffhanger of sorts uh and you don't know for sure what happens however um as a i don't want to say die hard but as a a person who has watched the show two all the way through twice uh within the past i would say year and a half and someone who likes to watch and read up about the show and its history um, the, the definitive answer is yes, that he, at the end of the show, the last scene, he is killed. Um, gotcha. there are a lot of Easter eggs. There are a lot of hints that lead up to it. You don't know exactly who did it. There's a lot of clues as to who it could be. Uh, there's a couple prime candidates, but the overwhelming consensus amongst writers, fans, critics is that, uh, Tony Soprano meets his demise uh, at the last, at the last, end, at the at the last, uh, you know, at the the finale of the show, right uh, during the last scene. So, which was also, I don't remember who exactly said it. I don't remember if it was Scorsese or Terrence Winter, uh, who were two of the main writers of the show, um, or not not Scorsese, excuse me, David Chase. Um, David Chase obviously created the show. Terrence Winter was an executive producer, but they. Um, one of them in an interview slipped that they they called instead of calling it the last scene of the show they called it Tony Tony's death um, in an interview pretty recently so mm. I think that they pretty much gives it away at what they're what they were hitting towards um, but yeah long story mm. short uh, it is it is it is a consensus among most people that Tony Soprano is killed following the last scene of the show so it's a so it sounds like it's a real who done it. Kind of yeah, like, uh, I mean, it's kind of like JFK, bit. Tony Soprano, Bobby Kennedy Jr. You know, we just don't know who killed any of them. Yeah, uh, you know they yeah, say Sirhan, I mean, Sirhan, but we all know that's a lie. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough. It's a, there's a couple different choices, and I'm not going to say them uh, on the podcast because I don't want to spoil it for you, Jack. I know you're only about. Um, you're a little, you're almost I would say three fourths of the way through the show. Uh, a lot of the the potential candidates, you you would realize they're candidates through events in the in the, the last two two seasons, especially the last season of the show. So, 
Um, is Furio, is Furio a, a candidate? He is. He. I've seen him on lists, but I, I wouldn't say that he is one of the top. Um, I'd say he. If I and if I was someone who had to make an, the ultimate decision on who did it, um, Furio. I would say it would definitely not be Furio. I okay. think Furio is very low chance. I mean, he. I mean, you, you're at the point where he is. Uh, he has returned to Italy, um, and I'm not going to make any spoilers, but the the chances that Furio is the one who committed this crime. Um, would be very, it would be very low and unlikely considering he's an Italian. Gotcha. You know, okay. Tony's got guy. You know, he's he's not he's not trying to come back and get. He doesn't have a lot of friends over here. Is what I'm saying. So ah, I don't think right. I don't think I don't think he would even take that chance. All right. Um, in my opinion. All right. But all right. Well, let's but, let's without, well, let's, let's get on without to the, further yeah, let's ado. Let's yes. get into the real topic of this weekend. Um, so let's start with your esteemed. Wolverines um, going up uh, against course, Wisconsin, going up against Absolutely. Wisconsin on the road. Um, two and a half point dogs. Um, mm-hmm. What are you What are you kind of expecting to see, and what's kind of your kind of your prediction and I guess, your hopes yeah, for the game? Yeah. I would. Uh, I what I'm what I'm hoping to see is a better offensive performance than we saw last weekend, and I, I know we're I know twenty points against Rutgers looks bad and 20 points against Wisconsin would be very good. So I'm not expect I'm not asking them to, to light up the scoreboard and, um, and blow them out. Cause I know it's not going to happen. And I would say that, um, I'm expecting, I would hope it would be a win. I think if they scored as many points as they did last week. Um, but the main thing I'm hoping to see is, is Cade air it out a little bit and show that he can when he needs to, because so far throughout the year, he has either not needed to throw because the game has been so out of hand or when he did need to throw against Rutgers. And when the game turned and got a little dicey, uh, he was poor. He, he did not complete the passes that he needed to. He did not look sharp. He looked a little flustered. So I'm hoping to see that from the get go, they, they take a little bit more of a pass versus first approach against one of the best, run defenses, if not the best run defense in all of college football. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that they spread it out a little bit. I'm hoping they get their tight ends involved. We don't need to hit a big play, but at least we can get some chunk gains down the field, move the chains a little bit. And I don't know. What I'm expecting is what I'm expecting is a low-scoring, uh, you know, slugfest, defense-oriented, that ultimately Wisconsin comes out on top. I can't bring myself to say that Michigan is going to win this game. I haven't seen enough from Harbaugh or Michigan uh, during my time as a, as a fan to, to say that uh, I would expect them to win this game because this is the game they would typically lose. Um, not, not a game that they would get blown out in. Uh, they have gotten blown out by Wisconsin once, but this is usually the type of game I'm expecting something similar to for you, Michigan fans. You might remember 20 i believe it'd be 2017 when they went to wisconsin against an undefeated you know that was a better wisconsin team of course that was an undefeated top five ranked wisconsin team but michigan had a great defense and a mediocre offense and and gave them a a run for their money had the lead going into the fourth quarter but ultimately a late touchdown by wisconsin kind of put it out of hand so i guess to to answer your question jack I'm, i'm i'm hoping what i'm hoping to see is them open up the air attack a little bit and get the receivers involved 
and be able to move the ball against the tough Wisconsin defense and at least put enough up enough points to where you put the pressure on Graham Mertz and that Wisconsin offense. But but my my expectations are that it's going to be a low scoring slugfest that Wisconsin pulls it out late. And if I had to give a score prediction, I would say Michigan. I would say Michigan seventeen, Wisconsin twenty. I think that would be. I think that, that that's what I would go with. Uh, well, what are you what are you looking for as a, as a stage fan and someone who doesn't really have a dog in this in this fight? Oh, I got a dog. Do you, I got a dog in this fight. Wisconsin. All right. Well, dog. you're you're you know what you're a podcaster now, so let's let's right, keep, try as, to keep your bias as, an, to keep as your, an unbiased as an unbiased. So I think what's going to be really important in this game is whoever scores first and how the defense or how the offense reacts to defenses scoring the game or scoring points. So if you get into a situation where, because I think that what's going to be, I don't think there's going to be, like you said, a lot of big plays. I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of, you know, long drives, long grind them out drives and eventually when those manifest into points you know your defense is going to be tired most likely after giving up some points if those offenses come out and go three and out their defense comes right back on the field um it's going to be a bad situation for whoever that is so i think like i said i think scoring first is going to be really important i think whichever team plays with the lead more is going to Event. I don't think this is going to be a situation where you see a team come back. Really, I think whoever gets the lead is gonna is gonna kind of stay with it. So, I would expect that to be Wisconsin, just because from what based on what we've seen from Michigan, <coughs> based on what we've seen from Michigan, the the play calling has been pretty vanilla up to this point. Um, a lot of run the balls, a lot of a lot of a gap, b gap runs. Um, you know, if they if they don't get away from that, it's gonna this could be a dangerous game for Michigan. Um, and I think, I think that what Michigan really needs to do is just not not have short drives. I think three and outs are gonna be. I mean, three and outs are always bad, but I think in this game, I mean, three and outs are just gonna be a killer, especially if your defense just if your defense just gave up points. I think. That's going to be the quickest way to find yourself down, pretty, pretty quickly. Because, you know, in this game, I think, I think like a seven, a seven point deficit is going to be like a fourteen point deficit in most games. There's, it's going to be, it's going to be so hard to come by points. And um, ultimately, I think if Michigan wants to win, their offense is going to need to come out. The play calling is going to need to be more spread out um maybe some maybe some uh jet sweeps maybe some screen plays some easy completions because i don't think i don't think the path to winning this game for michigan is through running the ball yeah yeah i mean i I, i'd have to agree i'd have to agree there i mean establishing the run would be nice in a perfect world but you're you're facing the top run defense in, in college football and they show against last week against notre dame kyron williams is one of the I think it's I think inarguably one of the top top five maybe top three running backs in college football and he couldn't do a single thing against that defense they completely shut him down so running the ball is going to be tough and I agree that the first score is going to be important I would I would say that the first touchdown is going to be especially important yeah um field goals are nice and getting points on the board but I think the first team to break through and get in the end zone is going to get a lot of momentum 
And I would also, in a game like this, I would have to say that special teams are going to be of a heightened importance. The field position battle is going to be huge. Punting, especially in a game where, um, you know, they're there. I, I, I expect a lot of three and outs. I expect a lot of maybe, maybe four or five play drives. Um, you know, maybe pick up a first down, but that's it. I, I think that that punting the ball, special teams, good field position could be, could be this the deciding factor. Just because it's going to be tough to go on long drives um, against either of these defenses. Um, more so, Wisconsin's defense as a top defense. But anyone who's watched Wisconsin this year knows they have an anemic offense, um, and Graham Mertz has been subpar, and they haven't. They don't really have a whole lot of playmakers other than Jake Ferguson, their tight end. So it's 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 going to be a big field, you know field position game. And the team that can kind of chip away and find themselves starting drives at the, uh, in positive in positive territory, I think is going to going to put themselves in a great position to win because they're only going to have to go 45, 50 yards for a touchdown against you know seventy five to eighty. I think those thirty yards could be could be totally massive, but we'll see. I think we're in agreement that uh, it's going to be a close slugfest, but history has has shown that this is not a game that Michigan typically wins. So I think we're uh, I think we're both going to go with Wisconsin in this one. Obviously, I would like to see Michigan get out of Madison with a victory, but right now I can't bring myself to say it. However, in you know in recent in recent years, uh, the games they've gone to Madison, they they've played very good Wisconsin teams with very good running backs specifically Jonathan Taylor, um, that who they've had to go up against in their past couple meetings. So this, if Michigan has a chance to come out with a victory in Wisconsin, um, this is certainly the time to do it. But I'm going to have to, I will, uh, as they say, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. So I guess we will see. But I think uh, I think with that we can move on to uh, your, your team, the Michigan State Spartans, who are at home this week against the Hilltoppers yeah. of Western Kentucky. Yeah. Um uh it's it's this this is not uh this is not really one of those uh rollover games. I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a tough game too. Um I think I don't think you're gonna have nearly the crowd that you had last weekend. I think the crowd is gonna be probably a bit of a letdown. Um I think that if Michigan State really wants to to move the ball, there's gonna have to be Honestly, the same thing for Michigan. There's going to need to be a lot of screenplay, um, easy completions for Peyton Thorne, get Kenneth Walker involved early, come out aggressive because, I mean, Western Kentucky just went to Indiana and lost by two. I mean, they can put up points. Um, they were they were home. They were. Ho- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's still so same. same I yeah. mean, it's not you know slight difference, not massive difference. They no. they gave Kentucky a run for their money. Yeah. No doubt about it. They I mean they they'll play you tough and they can put up points. Um points for Michigan State obviously last weekend were a little hard to come by. I think that they need to get back to the kind of the the explosive playmaking and um I th- another thing that's going to be really important I think is the uh the safety play of Michigan State. Um Xavier Henderson the more he plays, he look. The more he looks like a potentially a guy who can play on Sundays. Um, he's a really he's a really good player. He's gonna need to come out, and you don't keep those corners from giving up the big play because they they don't necessarily play that jam kind of 
hard nosed defense. You know, if you wanna if you wanna throw for five yards against Michigan State, you're gonna be able to pretty easily. But their their game plan is so set on not giving up the big play. And when they go for when the offenses go for the big play against them, that's when Michigan State tries to get aggressive with their defense. Um, there, there's, I think there's potential with the way that Michigan State, their defensive scheme, they only play two linebackers most of the time. So I think there's some potential for some up the middle, um, you know, seam routes that Western Kentucky might be able to hit on. I think running the ball for Western Kentucky is going to be tough. I don't I don't see them probably moving the ball that way very well. But I mean, it's going to be a tough game. Michigan State's going to have to have to hang with them. They're going to have to they're going to have to move the ball. They're going to have to put up points and if and I think another really important thing is going to be getting uh Naylor and Reed, Trey Mosley, getting them involved early. Um neither none of them except for Jaden Reed were really involved that much last weekend so um i thought trey mosley last weekend had a pretty good first half and then it, it seemed like he was non-existent so it's it's going to be important for every kind of a if it's it needs to be a get right game kind of for the offense because after this obviously they're going up going going over to play the state college in new jersey so that'll Oof. be that'll be a tough game so yeah, that will be a tough game. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you What do you kind of think in going into this game for Michigan State? Well, I, I totally agree. I from the games I've watched, their defense um, plays a, a more bend don't break approach, and they, they they play a style where they're kind of baiting offenses into making mistakes. They'll they'll let you they'll let you you know nickel and dime it for a little bit. Um, but they, I have seen them dial. I have seen uh, them dial up the blitz. Uh, Scotty Hazelton is the uh, defensive coordinator, I believe. Yeah. Um, I've seen him dial up the blitz, but for the most part, they 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 drop back a little bit, and they they want the quarterback and the offense to to put themselves in tough positions and and make mistakes, which is, has worked very well so far. Um, especially against uh, you know Adrian Martinez did play well, and he did throw a pick and ended up losing them the game for the pretty much but against Miami especially that 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 game plan was very successful Um, Miami even did no no matter who their quarterback in recent memory has been a team that loves to shoot themselves in the foot Um, and they did just that against Michigan State and Michigan State's defense played the I believe just about the best game plan it's it was just make Miami uh, beat you down the field and Derek King made some just you know horrendous throws that Michigan State was able to capitalize on, um, but I, I'm, I don't think Michigan State's going to have too much trouble with Western Kentucky. Uh, they're definitely a formidable team. They're no joke. They're no, they're they're no. It's not going to be a walk in the park by any means. But the, I don't think this is a team that has um, has the defensive prowess to slow down Michigan State, especially on the road. I think I think Peyton Thorne. Um, Jalen Naylor and, and and Jane Reed will um, will absolutely have a get right game. I think they'll start slinging the ball around a little more. I think Kenneth Gainwell or uh, not Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Kenneth Walker. Excuse me. I got Philadelphia Eagles on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think Kenneth Walker will have a nice bounce back game. Uh, he got bottled up a little bit against Nebraska, but I think he will. Uh, he'll be back to what he showed against Miami and against uh, Northwestern and Youngstown State. 
So I don't think Michigan State's going to have too much of a problem. Yeah, Western Kentucky gave you know went to Army, gave them a, you know, against a good Army team and gave them a run for their money. They played at home against Indiana, who is definitely better than their record shows, and 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 gave them a good fight. Um, and their quarterback has a, has had a pretty good year so far. I mean, he's he's done a good job at, at limiting turnovers for how much they throw. This is a team that likes to to spread it out and sling sling the ball around. He's thrown thirteen touchdowns compared to only two interceptions. Uh, but but Michigan's defense, like you said, has has done a great job at, at limiting the big play. And I think that Western Kentucky, the only chance they would have against Michigan State is if they were able to hit on some big plays and get some chunk yards and put Michigan State in a position where they're playing from behind. Because um, I, don't, I don't think Michigan State um, is experienced, has, an, has an experienced enough team to come, come back um, in that type of situation. I mean, obviously they, they were able to, to pull out the win against Nebraska, but that was thankfully because of a, um, a, a great special teams play. Um, where they were able to fake him out, basically, but a little bit of trickery got him back into that game. But as you, when they had this, when they were in obvious passing situations, Nebraska was able to completely shut them down. So I think as long as Michigan State gets out gets out of the gate uh, in in a quick fashion, and they they feed Kenneth Walker, and they they spread it out a little bit, get the receivers involved, maybe try to hit a few deep plays. I think they'll go. I think they'll get up early and um, and kind of put this one to bed. Uh, if I had to make a score prediction right now. I would probably go 31-17 Michigan State. Okay. Um, score could get a little bit higher just because Western Kentucky does have a pretty live offense. Um, but I, I, I think Michigan State's defense will, will be able to handle them for, for the most part. And this will be a two-score game where the, uh, the final score is a little bit closer than the, than the game actually felt. What do you what do you think in final score wise? Um, I was thinking, I was thinking thirty one twenty three. Thirty one twenty three. Yep. So you think, uh, you think, you think the the Hilltoppers will keep it keep it in one you know keep it a little closer than I will. You know it, it, and it's weird because if you think if you think about it, if this game was happening last weekend versus this weekend. Um, first night, this, you know, first night game of the year at Michigan State's coming off the big win against Miami. I think the spread would probably be a little bigger. And I think also that, um, you would see, you, you would see a lot more excitement and optimism for what Michigan State's going to be able to do. But I, and I mean, like I said, Western Kentucky just played Indiana. They took them to the ropes. So, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be an easy win for State by any means, but it is the debut weekend of their student section being called the deep end. So that could be a huge, a huge factor in this game. I think. I think that will be a non-factor. Actually, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> the deep. What the? I don't. What is? What is Michigan State's deal this year with? Uh, with weird names for their their stadium and their. Tucker's just trying to he's trying to put in a new culture um you know with the relentless and the keep chopping and we're going to take them out into the deep water and we're most comfortable in the deep water and sounds like Dan Campbell (laughs) just different is he talking about is he talking about biting off kneecaps too no he's not talking about any kneecaps no no kneecaps we're just going to keep chopping we're going to be relentless we're going to drag them into the deep water and the woodshed will take care of the rest. But 
But I don't yeah, know. I, uh, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, this the Michigan State definitely got humbled last weekend. I think I think people were getting a little ahead of themselves. Um, and I'm I think guilty they needed of it to be. myself. I'm guilty I think of it they myself. To be. Yeah, I and I agree. And but you know, you're you still have your perfect record intact. You still have everything in front of you. Um, the problem the problem is like this state team. You know they could lose a lot of pieces after this year. Um, Kenneth Walker could could go to the could go to Draft. the NFL. Uh, Xavier Henderson could be gone, and I think Xavier Henderson is an invaluable piece of the defense right now. I think he's yeah. He, you see him; he's kind of the captain of the defense. You know, without him, I don't think I don't think that defense feels as comfortable. Um, kind of making plays and like you look at a guy like. Kavarius Crouch, he's he's a really talented player. He's a good linebacker, but <clears throat> he's he's so fast that he but he's still he's still young and he finds himself in the wrong places sometimes. Um but the good thing about him is he's so fast he can make up for it. But you know, that's that's that safety blanket behind you kind of allows you to play with a little more with a little more aggressiveness, whereas I feel like if if he if he is out or if he were to leave like the 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 defense would have a lot di- different feel to it so i think i think it's just important that like i said i think it's important that michigan state got humbled and i think i think we all need to keep being realistic um but i th- I, I still think this is a game state should win um but beyond that, I think if if state can just kind of you know keep it keep it keep it together, um, you know it should be it should be a game that they don't really struggle to win, and I I think that thirty one twenty three is kind of a backdoor a backdoor close score. I don't think. Gotcha. I believe the spread is eleven. Yep. So yep. It could be a backdoor cover type situation. A backdoor cover. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, back to cover, but yeah, I guess on the topic of uh, on the to- on the topic of spreads and gambling and whatnot, we'll um, we'll hop over to uh, to our, to our if we have any you know college football picks. Uh, Jack, do you have any college football locks this weekend? So or are you I would just, go. Just kind of keep... I would go Colorado plus seven and a half against USC. Um, I watched USC play last weekend. I watched them play the Oregon State Beavers. They couldn't stop the run to save their life. They were getting for it was first and ten every play. It was twelve yards, fourteen yards, eight yards, twelve yards, six yards. I mean, the um, the Oregon State running back whose name escapes me, um, he just he could not be stopped. And and USC. I believe they played Arizona State. USC. No. Oh yeah, 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 no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Apologies. last yeah, weekend yeah. it was it was Oregon State, and I mean, it, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. It you're was right. just, I mean, it was just a bloodbath. B.J. Yes. Taylor, B.J. Taylor, yes, yes. Yeah, B.J. Taylor, he, he's good. He could not be stopped. I mean, he ran for seven yards a carry, carried the ball twenty three times. It's it was, I mean, it was a a massacre. Oregon State just took it to him. That that forty five twenty seven is even closer. Is closer than you than the game felt. I mean, it felt like it felt like USC just quit. I don't think USC has any fight left in them. I don't think 
I don't think anybody there cares what happens the rest of the season. Um, when you know, not to take anything away from Oregon State, um, they are they're a solid team. They're much improved. They have the chainsaw, the turnover chainsaw, which is electric. But go Beavers, maybe. Yep, go Beavers. But I, they were I, my. Oh, go ahead. I don't see. I don't see USC winning this game by seven and a half points. I don't think. I don't. I. I don't think they have any chance to cover that number. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested by that pick. Uh, speaking of Oregon State, they were my darling gambling uh, gambling team last year. I rode them in pretty much every game um, last year in the in the short COVID season against the spread, and they were uh, they were feisty. Those Beavers they, they they played a good they played a good football game, and uh, they usually kept it close. And because they were as as far as I remember, they were almost exclusively uh, the underdog. In every single oh, game, yeah, and, probably. And they pulled a few of them out. They actually they pulled you know they beat Oregon last year, big win for them. But yeah, I mean, I to, to that pick, I think I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good pick. Colorado is is a pretty awful team as well. Uh, they lost at home to Minnesota by by a score of thirty to nothing. Listen, um, I, I understand that, but I don't think USC right now deserves to be a more than touchdown favorite over anybody. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, I guess my my first pick of the week. I have two college football uh, picks that I'm I'm riding heavily. Uh, the first one, uh, despite um, how much I, I don't like this team, I I'm going to have to take Notre Dame money line uh, for plus money at home against, against Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes, I think I I think Cincinnati is a good team, um, and I don't think Notre Dame is particularly amazing this year. I think they've gotten lucky in a couple games. I think they should absolutely have at least one loss. But home in South Bend, top 10 matchup, um, I think the crowd will be rocking. I think Brian Kelly will get them ready to play. And it's going to be a close one, but I think the home field advantage and also Notre Dame having players who have been in a playoff, who have, have played in big games, um, will, that, that experience will prevail. Yeah. And I, I think I think they're gonna pull I think they'll pull out a win. I don't think I, I think Cincinnati will keep it close, but at the, in the end I think the home field advantage will be too much for them and I think that Notre Dame will, will absolutely win this game and, and the money line for plus money will hit. Um, you know, anytime you can get anytime you can get a top ten team at home for plus money, um, I think is an absolutely a good a good wager. Um, depending on who they're playing, of course. I mean, if they're playing Alabama, it's a different story. But from uh, you know, against most teams, I think that's a pretty good bet, pretty safe bet. Um, and uh, not, I mean, not a guaranteed win, but it's it's close to a plus money guarantee as you're going to get. Yeah. So, I, I and the another thing is uh, those Notre Dame players, they're very well motivated because they know if they don't win, they're they're in danger of their lives are in danger. That's they true. Could be executed. They, they could very well be executed. Brian Kelly could absolutely kill them. He's um, he's, well, he's I mean, the, threatened them. He's warned them. He's threatened them. He's oh, they've been warned. They have absolutely been warned. And there's no two warnings with Brian Kelly. No. The guillotine's coming out if they lose this one. No, and I, someone. I, I'd say I'd say Jack. I'd say Jack Cohn is first first in line if they lose this one. I think his head could be on a on a pike outside of uh, or on a spike outside of. Uh, Outside of uh, whatever Notre Dame Stadium is called, it's, the name is escaping escaping me right now. Um, but you, it could be it could right it could be right it could be right on top of touchdown Jesus, I believe. Do you remember when Mike Leach got fired because he locked that one kid in a closet? Yeah, that kid deserved to be in the closet. That's and it's just see, called, I feel like that's what Brian Kelly could do, except that closet has 
like a mad a man eating tiger in there. Yeah, like an alligator. Yeah, yeah. It's actually just called Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, blue, you know, we're gonna say that's uh, that's where we need Tony Reale to pop in with the errors, <laughs> like on PTI. Yeah. Um, oh my god. But I think uh, I think that's my that's my first lock and my second lock. I don't know if you're gonna love this one, Jack, but it is. Um, it depends what line you get it. If you can get it for plus, if you get them for 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 plus eighteen, I think you should absolutely go for it. Plus seventeen and a half, I still like. Um, and that would be the Hogs. Of Arkansas, going down to Athens, Georgia. Set eighteen. You're gonna lay. You're gonna. You're gonna take. Yeah, I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna lay eight. I'm gonna lay. I'll lay eighteen for the Hogs. Woo pig suey baby. I think that this team, that the Arkansas, is much improved this year. I don't think Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher were ever that that great of a team. I always thought they were a little bit overrated. But Arkansas, you know, in a neutral site game at Jerry World. And which would almost be like a uh, you know an away game for them because they're they're probably a little bit further of a travel um, or a little bit further of a ride coming from Arkansas, but they they gave them the business. They took them to the they took them to Pound Town. Yeah, they- I mean, Texas A and M made it a bit of a game at the end. They kind of came back, but Arkansas was in full control of that game. Their offense looked explosive. Their defense came to play. Uh, they just they just looked like a team that has a lot of confidence. And felt like they finally belong after being uh, basically the laughing stock of the SEC, not including Vanderbilt, um, for the past couple of years. And they probably have had, I guess they've had enough of losing to the likes of, of Alabama by you know fifty to nothing every year. I mean, Sam Pittman was a great hire. He's proving to, to, to get this to prove to be a great hire that's turned this team around and kind of getting that Arkansas swag back, being proud to be a Razorback. Got the woo pig. He's got woo pig fever, and uh, I'd say it's kind of uh, it might have infected me. I'm 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 feeling pretty 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 proud of, of the hogs. I think. I mean, I, I think Georgia probably has the best defense in college football um, from top to bottom. I think they can give Alabama a good fight. I, I think they're going to be one of the top two teams in the college football playoff, and are one of the two teams I believe could could end up winning the whole thing. Um, but Arkansas has got a lot of confidence. I think Sam Pittman's going to have them ready. And I do I think they're going to win this game? Absolutely not. But uh, Clemson, Clemson, uh, you know their defense is probably uh, superior, or most definitely superior to Arkansas's. But they were able to keep uh, JT Daniel, uh, JT Daniels, and the Georgia offense in check in that first game. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Arkansas can get some stops, and even if they get down early, can can show some fight and just keep themselves in the game and end up losing by, you know, 14, 15, 16 points. And maybe it may never really felt too close or too uncomfortable for Georgia, but I'm, I'm feeling a backdoor cover here. Yeah, I'm feeling that, a big time backdoor I don't, cover. I don't hate that. that. That's a huge number to get for, like like you said earlier, another top 10 team um, in the pit. Yeah. And that's true. I know, yeah, yeah, I if, agree. If I had to make another lock, my my other lock would be Michigan and Wisconsin under forty three and a half. I don't think, I don't, I don't really think that number is gonna. I don't even. I don't know if they'll even get close to that number. I don't know if either team puts up twenty points. That's I. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't hate that, but the the slight issue I have is that. Um. They, they, they could. There could be some turnovers in this game, and it was just like Graham, like if I think if I think if the over hits, Michigan absolutely wins this game. 
I think the overhits of Michigan wins. Um, and I, I'm obviously I'm leaning the under because I, I think Wisconsin's going to win. But if Michigan, if the overhits, it's because Michigan was able to break through on offense. Because I think Michigan's offense is superior to Wisconsin's offense, but vice versa on the other, you know, on the other spectrum with the defenses. And I think that the you know, the over could hit if Grambert, if Wisconsin gets behind, Grambert starts pressing like he did against Notre Dame, and Michigan starts to make some plays on defense. But I, I guess I'd agree with you. If I had to lean one way or the other, I would probably lean the under. Um, but it's it's an under that I I feel like Vegas could be laying a trap. Well, I feel like they, they could. It's strange because Michigan opened as a I think they opened as a one and a half point favorite. Actually, it, it was weird. It Wisconsin opened as a one point favorite. It slid to Michigan um, early in the week. Uh, I guess the big money Michigan betters started to, to, yeah, to put boosters. their bets in. Yeah, the boosters started to put their big money bets in. Slid Michigan to, to one under um, or to, uh, to minus one. But now it's, uh, I guess, the rest of the, the college football world and uh, the other the other fans have, have kind of started to place their bet slips. Yeah, they're, they're and it sick. seems to be a majority of them are leaning Wisconsin. So... Wisconsin, at least from what I've seen there right now, is, is favored by two. Yeah. I think before tomorrow, that number will move back down to one. Um, I think this game is basically a pick 'em um, in the eyes of most people. So we'll see, but I, I like that pick. I think that's a good pick, and um, I would say if I had to give a if, if I had to give a little star next to any next to any pick, if, if you're going to go heavy on one, I would I would absolutely say it would be Notre Dame money line. But uh, but with that, we'll I think we'll move on to. The Detroit Lions. The Detroit and a football big, a Lions. Big game this week. Rivalry game. Sound the alarms. It's rivalry week. They're playing <laughs> those bastard Chicago Bears. It's Bears week. It's Bears week, baby. It's yeah. Bears week. And we do not like the Bears at this podcast. We do not like the Bears. We we hate the Bears, actually. I, I find it hard to hate the Bears. Well, I hate the Bears, actually. I mean, we hate. I think we can agree we hate the Packers. I think we can agree. Yeah, we hate I'm the not. Packers. I don't like the Packers, but I find it so hard to hate the Bears just because. Yeah, I disagree. Like, like, what is there to hate? They're never good. They're just annoying. They're fucking. They're just annoying. They're annoying. I think they're very. I think they're an annoying team, who is still living off that one that good year 85. in 1985, the '85 Bears, and um, I also think Matt Nagy's an idiot. And uh, I enjoy seeing them rot. But so yeah, they, you, the Lions. Do you think it's Lions fair be... to say that you hate all people in Chicago? No, absolutely not. Huh. I love okay. Chicago. Okay. I love the city of Chicago. I love the people of Chicago. Um, I just don't like the Bears. Ah. But anyway, all right. The Lions will be traveling to Chicago to Soldier Field, which is now on a uh, on the clock for being. Uh, looks to be the on the clock for for the Chicago Bears home field. They just purchased some land, and I believe it's Arlington Heights, Illinois, which is not in the city. And uh, I know many Chicagoans and uh, fans of the Chicago Bears, and just you know, football connoisseurs would would say this is a d- disastrous move. Soldier yeah. Field what? is one of the nicest venues in all of football, right on the lake, right next to downtown. Um, got a real Chicago gritty, tough football feel, but that's what we like to see with the Lions. Are playing yeah. the Bears. We we like when they go to Soldier Field, and we like when we get to see a couple of Smash Mouth football teams that are both uh, this year both very mediocre and uh, two of the worst. I would say probably definitely worst ten teams, maybe both bottom five. 
maybe yeah. both bottom I, five. And uh, uh, what do you what do you what are you looking to see out of this game? Well, I just wanted to add a snippet that I think it's sad that Soldier Field might leave, um, in spite of yeah. their esteemed, amazing mayor Lori Lightfoot. Um, I know, great mayor. I, know. I, I don't know why they would want to get away from her. Um, Spotify pays me to say well, that. She, so, well, she's the she's the one who wants to move them. Mm. She's the one who's doing the deal. She wants to move them out. Oh well, then I agree with her. Move them out. Get them out of there. <laughs> Get them out of there. Uh, but so I actually think this is a game the Lions can win. Um, you know the one the one thing that the Bears really do well is rush the pass. Um, and obviously that's the one thing that the Lions do well is protect is pass protect. Um, their line obviously. As we've talked about, their line is very solid. I think they'll be able to negate a lot of the pass rush that that uh, the Bears are going to try and throw at them. I think Hawkinson will be important in the block in in this blocking game. So I I don't expect a huge game out of him. I would I think I think if you're looking at pro- player props, you know DeAndre Swift receiving yards thirty five and a half is probably a good over bet. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree. It's uh, I think this is going to be another low scoring game. Um, I don't really expect either of these offenses to find their footing early. Um, I think this is a game where the Lions could potentially pick up their first win. I think the Bears are pretty much done for the year. I think any of their hopes, like you know, if they had any hope of pulling off what they did last year and, you know, sneaking their way in the playoff just to get waxed is probably uh, probably done. Um, they have a mediocre offense. Their defense has drastically regressed and doesn't seem to appreciate uh, having to do the bulk of the work for this team to win. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, I think the Lions will, will absolutely keep this game close. I believe the Bears are favored by three. Either yep. two or three. Um, the Bears are favored by three, and I think uh, that's a pretty fair line. I don't think this is a game I would touch um, betting-wise uh, just because the Lions recently, at least recently, have given the Bears fits, even with mediocre Lions teams. Um, and the Bears, But the Bears are at home, and the Lions uh, have a, um, a, a tough challenge to be able to pull this one out due to their lack of just overall talent. So I think it'll be close, and I, I like that DeAndre Swift bet. I, Goff is kind of you know keened on or kind of honed on to him uh, during passing downs when his first and second options aren't available. He he's always been known as a checkdown Charlie. So uh, looking at DeAndre Swift to to have a, a potentially big receiving game, but I think the Lions will keep this one close. And uh, you know what? I, I don't like the Bears, so I'm going to say the Lions are going to win this one. Well, I think the Lions, so I, I think the Lions have pulled one out. Go ahead. I think there's value on the money line for the Lions, just because I think the game is pretty much a 50-50. Yeah. So you might as well take the better odds. You know yeah. what I mean? That's true. And and we don't even know who's going to be starting at quarterback yet. I don't think Matt Nagy Well, it's Andy Dalton if he's healthy. Yeah, but you see, so you don't even really know because he's <laughs> even healthy. And, no, um, it, for, it's a, I it's, mean, it's, it's a dumpster fire. They're... Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are dead men walking. Their their yeah. jobs are gone. They're they're gonna lose their jobs at the end of the year. Um, I don't think I don't know a single person that thinks Matt Nagy has done a good job, which is 
kind of crazy when you think about the fact that he won Coach of the Year his first year as, as coach. In the yes, Bears. he did. Yes, he did. So, I think he's. I've heard people saying he's the 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 worst coach of the coach of the year award winner. He, he um, probably in NFL history. Yeah, and I mean, listen, the, he's the guy's not in a great position. He has Ryan Pace as his GM. And yeah. that's the guy who thought Mitch Trubisky was better than Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So I'm not, I, I give him a little bit of pass of a pass there, but he is so rude to media, and as media, I find that very offensive. Um, <laughs> um, but he is so rude to the media. He he has no idea what he's doing. His play calling is terrible. The 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 whole the whole demeanor of the Bears just. It seems like it seems like they just kind of don't care, and I think I think the Lions have more fight in them than the than the Bears do. So, I I, I expect I expect Justin if Justin Fields is the starter, I expect him, and I'm assuming that he is going to be the starter because I think that if there was any question who was going to be the starter, I don't think Vegas would have the line out. They usually don't. So the fact that the line is out. It make make leads me to believe that Justin Fields is probably going to be the quarterback. So I think he'll yeah. be able to move the ball a little bit. I don't think you'll see him running for his life like he was last weekend. But yeah, at the same time, I don't expect them to put up a ton of points. I think I think Lions pull this out twenty four twenty. I agree. I think it's a good score. I think uh, I'll probably go a little bit lower scoring. I'll say twenty one. Uh, I'll say 21 to 13. But I think the Lions, um, despite the loss, um, the defense showed showed some fight last week against the Ravens. I think Eric Glenn did a good job trying to contain that Baltimore offense. I mean, they got lucky uh, in a couple different spots, mostly due to Marquise Brown uh, having brick hands See. for pretty much the entire game. But I, they still, I mean, they still have Lamar in check for the most part. Most people, I'm assuming most people thought he was going to run for hundred yards right. against them. Right, but see it's hard to say it's hard to say that that's attributable to the Lions because like I said, I think the the Baltimore Ravens game plan was just god awful. Like they, they didn't try to run the ball at all. So is that and I, I know they weren't afraid of the Lions run defense, so I don't know if that positive result last week is really attributable to the Lions. I think that's more you know that that causes more blame for the Ravens than props for the Lions. I would say, but I, it's I, a fair I, I point. It's a fair point. point. I understand but the I, point, but I do think the Lions are gonna. I think the Lions are gonna come out. Well, I don't think it, but I hope the Lions are gonna come out on top of this one. I don't know. I, I what I think is gonna happen is um, I don't. I just don't know. I really don't know what's gonna happen. Honestly, I, if I had to give up, if you had to put a gun to my head and say. What's the final score of this one going to be? I I would say Lions just because I they're my team. I don't really know. I don't really have an educated guess on what's going to happen in this one. These are two bottom five teams, in my opinion, who Listen, are as, who are mediocre and don't really have a whole lot going for them right now. So when it's no. two wild cards like this, it's uh, you throw the record books out the window. You don't right. know what's going to happen. You don't right. know what's going to happen when the end. These are these are rivalry game, and I hope Dan Campbell views it as such, and we'll get the team ready to go, and we'll uh, we'll go into Soldier Field and and put up a good fight. But you know, it's it's it, the the Bears are probably you know I don't know the Ravens do have a pretty good defense as well. They're or, you know, at least serviceable, but this is 
maybe it's it's one of the best defenses. You know, it's still a pretty good defense. The Bears still have Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson. This isn't a slouch defense, but um, oh, but that secondary really hasn't been very good. Yeah, I mean they got Jalen Johnson, um, who's been a pretty good corner after since they drafted him out of uh, uh, out of Utah. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's they're okay. They're not great, but I think they could still give the Lions some troubles just because they have no receiving depth, uh, receiver depth, receive wide receiver depth, um, or really a uh, really just a great team of playmakers. Uh, I think they should feed DeAndre Swift as much as they can, but we'll see. I mean, we'll absolutely see. And I, I'm, I'm fingers crossed, knocking on wood, that the Lions come out of Soldier Field with a win. And then I hope they uh, lose every other game of the year except for against the uh, the Bears when they play them again and then against the Packers. 3-14 uh, and 14 is what I hope so we can get the, the number one overall pick, or at least number two. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. We'll like see. you said, it's a, we'll they're wild, it's a wild card. You, never, you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but like I said, I think it's going to be important for the Lions to get their balls to the running backs, um, specifically through the air. Um, you yeah. saw Kareem Hunt have a huge receiving game last weekend against the Bears. So I think, you know, kind of take that, you know, you don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but, you know, you have a you have a poor man's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. So I think if they can get the ball to them through the air, um, let them get out in space a little bit, help have Hawkinson blocking out in front of him because um, you know he's a great blocker as we heard as we constantly hear about when they try to explain that that number eight pick um, so, <laughs> just they try to justify it yeah they try to justify taking him eighth overall so you know he's a good blocker you know you utilize his skills um, those receivers can't catch the ball maybe they can do some blocking so I think I think if they can get the ball to the running backs in the screen game a little bit um you know maybe try a couple shots try a couple shots downfield you know throw the ball up to Cephas maybe once or twice maybe he can make a play for you um but I I as someone as someone who's notoriously negative and pessimistic about the Lions I I feel pretty confident in saying that they're going to be able to get a win this weekend all right, I like that attitude. I like that attitude a lot. I, I agree. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pessimistic about the Lions, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm confident that they're going to get a win, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they'll get a win this weekend, and 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 just put another nail into Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's coffin. But I guess with that, we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, any 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 picks or locks you have this weekend for the uh, the NFL slate. Uh, whatever Derrick Henry's rushing yards total is, go over. Did you see uh, the guy on Twitter? Uh, I don't know if you follow Joey Knish on Twitter, um, who is for any Rounders fans is obviously a character from um, from from Rounders, but is also a a, a Twitter uh, fair gambling and in uh, fantasy and whatnot uh, figurehead. Um, he's a personality. On our personality is probably a better word for it on Twitter. He um, he put five hundred dollars on Alexander Madison to lead the league in rushing last week, five hundred to win seventy thousand. Um, and Derrick Henry finished the week with I believe it was one hundred and twenty four rushing yards, and Alexander Madison finished the week with one hundred and twenty three. 
and oh Derrick Henry led the league. Oh my god! <laughs> he was two yards away from winning seventy thousand dollars off a five hundred dollar bet. Oh my god! Um, and he did not win. And needless to say, he was very disappointed. He was uh, very yeah, depressed. I, I'll say that would have been that would have been the hit of the century. Um, just the balls to put five hundred dollars on Alexander Madison to lead the league in rushing in a week is. I know Dalvin Cook was out, and he was the the, the clear cut number one back in, in Minnesota for uh, for the game against yeah, the Seahawks. But that Seahawks still takes some defense. that takes some cojones. Um, not something I would ever do. And I was sad to see that he 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 lost in such heartbreaking fashion. But uh, Derrick Henry, they're playing the Jets this week, so that is probably a pretty good bet. Uh, the Jets defense is mediocre to say the least. And, um, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, both out this week. So, ooh, gonna well, be that, can, that can make it a little closer. That can make it a little closer. Gonna, so, yeah, but going to be leaning on the, the run. Game, um, I, I don't expect. I expect the Jets to you know score a point this week, like they haven't the last two weeks. But um, I still yeah. think the Titans will be playing from the from ahead. I think uh, I think they're going to be leading this game pretty comfortably, and I think Derrick Henry is just gonna have himself a ball game and kind of feast on that that Jets uh, mm. run defense. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's and fair. I would also I would also bet that DeAndre Swift over three thirty five and a half receiving yards. I think that's I think that's as close to a lock as as you can get as long as he doesn't leave the game. Um Yeah. He's I think he's That's a good that's a good bet. I think that's a very good bet. I think um, he's pretty close to pretty close to a lock. Yeah. I would say that's that's as close to a lock as I, I've felt about something in a while. That's good. Now that's I think I like that. I like that a lot. I might have to ride that. Uh, my man, first man Campbell said we'd see a lot of them this week. So that's true. That's true. MCDC did say that. Uh, my first my first NFL pick this week would have to be the football team minus one and a half going to play the Dirty Birds in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is a weak team this year. I think they got lucky. They the only reason they ended up beating the Giants is because the Giants shot themselves in the foot. And uh, I think the Falcons are a mediocre team at best. I think they their defense is horrendous. So that I think Antonio Gibson could get going. I think that um, Heineke could could find a, a nice pairing with Logan Thomas and uh, Terry McLaurin and and get those two going. And I think they're going to end up winning this game probably by four to seven points, just because their defense. It's going to have to, to step up after getting embarrassed in Buffalo last week. I think they're going to be. I think Riverboat Ron's going to get them fired up, and they're going to go down to Atlanta and come out with a and come out with a win. Another good uh, prop could be uh, Cordero Patterson receiving yards. Just saying. Yeah, he has been. He's been having kind of a bounce back year. He's yeah, been kind of that, having a resurgent year. That pass rush is going to get home for Washington. Yeah. So Matt Ryan is going to be checking it down. He's going to be. Yeah. He's going to be looking to throw it quickly. Agreed. Totally agree. Totally agree. My second pick would have to be the 49ers at home against the Seahawks. I believe that the 49ers should have won the game last week. I think that they made a nice comeback. I think in the second half, they totally dominated the game. Uh, I think they're very disappointed and very bitter after losing on the last second Mason Crosby field goal. And I also am kind of fading the Seahawks this year. I don't their offense is still pretty is is still pretty, you know. I would say it's still pretty live. Um, no Tyler Lockett. It's got Lockett some firepower. Yeah, and no. Well, there you go. No Tyler Lockett. Um, they still can put up some points, but their defense has just been just filled with holes, totally decimated um, by multiple teams. And I think that the 
49ers will win this game by 10 plus points. I think they're going to kind of put a put a nail in there, put a nail in the, in the coffin for the Seahawks this year. I mean, one and three isn't isn't totally death for them, but it's it's in that division, it's going to be damn near impossible to make the playoffs. So, and then if I had a survivor pick, unfortunately, I am uh, I am out of survivor this year um, due oh. to the fact that I am a jet. I didn't lose at all, actually. I forgot to make my pick. Um, I had a late night at work and did not get my pick, and I was going to do it on Tuesday, and then I forgot, and then I didn't get my pick in time. I missed it by about two minutes uh, Mm. before the Washington versus uh, Giants game started. I missed it by about two minutes. So You had all of Sunday, though. No, not in this league. In this league, you have to get it in before uh, the first game on Thursday. You have to get your pick in. Picks lock once the Thursday night game starts, and I unfortunately missed so I'm out. But if I had a survivor pick, it would obviously be the Bills at home against the Texans. I think they will win by 15, 14 plus points. Yeah. But that is uh, that, that is it for me. Jack, do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Uh, no. I think I think pretty much said it all. I think it's going to be a good weekend of football, and it was great to see Miami lose on a on a doink last night. That was always that's always fun to see. Yeah. Nothing better than a good doink. Miami is a pretty pretty pathetic team. Yeah, um, they doinked it right off the left upright. Down they doinked two, it big and, time. Yeah, and, uh, they, they, uh, they doinked that. it big time. I was watching that game. That made me uh, very happy to see. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it was uh, it should be a great weekend of football. Hopefully, Michigan picks up their first win in Wisconsin in, in twenty years. But for any Michigan fans out there, don't get your hopes up. That's my advice. I agree. All right. Well, we will. Uh, we will see. Uh, we will see everybody next week. And uh, go Lions. Go Green. Oh, God. Goodbye. <laughs>